Welcome back to welcome, another welcome, ep- welcome. to another episode of French and Helen with, with K and A. I'm your girl Keys to the City, and I am Ash Ketchum. Um, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You got up and went to the gym this morning. I thought mm-hmm. you went to church. No, I didn't go to church, but I I was debating about it, and I'm just not. Physically in a place where I'm ready to be amongst a different type of crowd of worshiping. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I'm nervous about. Because everybody don't worship the same way we worship. Facts. I feel like white people, no offense, but y'all be like, praise Jesus. Mm-hmm. Praise Jesus. Yeah. You know, hallelujah. And the black people, no offense. They just be like, praise Jesus, uh, praise Jesus, uh-huh. you know? and I'm with that. I am too. So I want all of the exorcism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I just feel like, for me, I actually wanted to be high and go into the white people church. Okay. Just to be amongst them mm-hmm. while they're worshiping. Because I think um, I think it was on Kev on stage. Him and Angel were debating about the type of music that um, what's that music group uh, that Kurt Franklin is like pushing? Oh, Maverick City. Uh huh. He was saying Angel was saying how that type of music sounds a lot like it how does. white people sing mm-hmm. and worship in the uh, in their church. It is as opposed to you know hearing Tasha Cobb singing, mm-hmm. you know, that exact same song, and then I'd be like, all right, she's in a black church, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when it comes to, what is it, Christianity, what is it, what do they call it, the CCC? Um, the, what are, you, what are you talking about? Are they, it's a genre of music that, that, that um, contemporary gospel? Contemporary Christian um gospel maybe I don't know mm-hmm. somebody will correct me out there in the worlds mm-hmm. um, to let me know what what a, uh, what it really is but yeah. Um, yeah I think that they um, particularly stick to a, a lane because the when they sing it's not like they're just singing the words mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that they don't feel it mm-hmm. they just don't feel it the same way we, we feel, feel it, it. Yeah. you know like I can tell when black folks feel it because they be all up in it mm-hmm. folks be laid out they gotta put a blanket over them mm-hmm. you know the skirt be up somebody doing bad flips around the yeah. church you know whereas in the white people church everybody's very calm mm-hmm. you know cool and collected everybody's mm-hmm. just chilling yeah you know, you may get some clan claps here and there, you know. And it's funny because the last time we went to that church, um, a white church, they literally pointed us, not pointed us out, but they singled us out. Yes. They was just like, and thank you to the other, you know, new people we have in the church. And it's just like, you could have just went on with your service mm-hmm. and like we weren't even here, mm-hmm. you know. And because the fact that you acknowledge that we're here, we're never coming back. <laughs> It wasn't that for me. It was just kind of like he was pandering towards us to get us to be a part of the church, like saying things that he may have seen it or and or heard black people say or on felt TV. Like we would have uh, gravitated to it. Yeah, and that I did not care for. So therefore, I was just like, I'm not coming back here. Uh, white people. We want to come to your church, but only if you're going to praise Jesus like how we praise Jesus. No, it ain't even so much that. It's just do it your way. 
And I'll see if I like your way or not. Okay. Don't don't put on just for me. Mm-hmm. You know, anti you normally was gonna add if right. I wasn't even here. Right. Maybe we should put on like all black, so they never know that we were there. <laughs> like sit under like no light, <laughs> like way in the back, so they can't see us. Girl, we a light all on our own, yes. and we're going to they're shine. Gonna they're gonna see us, no matter where we go. So we're gonna Agreed. be noticed. Agreed. Agreed. Um, fun fact, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I just learned that Eminem. The, the letters M and M mm-hmm. stand for Mars and Murray. Really? Yeah. Like, so the, the candy? The company founder, um, oh, Forrest Mars, son of the Mars company founder, first spotted the British confection Smarties during the Spanish Civil War and noticed the candy shell prevents the chocolate from melting. So he teamed up with Bruce Murray, son of Hershey's chocolate president, mm-hmm. and the company later trademarked the melt in your mouth, not in your hand slogan. Mm. And here I was thinking Eminem stood for Eminem. <laughs> more and more. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was funny. Okay. How's your weekend been so far? I feel like we've had our Jersey Shore party weekend. Facts. Especially Friday night. Mm-hmm. I was trying to keep continuing it on on Saturday, but it didn't work. No, because okay. it required us to move around. Everybody died. <laughs> okay. Literally. We was in here drinking it up, shotting it up, mm-hmm. did some karaoke, and you know, um, that was what took us all out, the karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, we were smoking. We were smoking a lot. Yes, it was a lot. Okay. And I enjoyed it. I love singing karaoke, though. That's like one of my favorite things to do. I know it is. No, we don't. But for me, the alcohol, like, grips my vocal cords up so much because, you know, alcohol is a dehydrant. So I feel like it attacks my throat first. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to me singing, I don't sound as good as I normally would if I wasn't drinking. And so I'm now I'm like, my voice is cracking and I'm getting upset about it, low key, but at the same time I'm trying to have a good time. So at the same time I don't care, or I shouldn't care. And I'm just like, I don't like this. <laughs> I can't hit my notes. Um, I don't know if that's just like the inner singer in me or if that's like me being too much in my head. Oh, uh, well see, that's how I feel when Bugatti Baby sing it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and this is no attack on him. Uh-huh. This is no attack. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just giving my opinion. I be like, he be just strictly having fun. Uh-huh. And I appreciate that. Me, on the other hand, I hear notes and I'm like how a choir director be like, mm-mm, get on top of your notes. <laughs> and I just be like, mm-mm, that wasn't it. You know, be like, oh, when that was an interesting choice in the sound you made just there, you know. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's all in fun. It is. So, um, and like you said, it's that singer part of me that I have to like just kind of let go and just enjoy mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. Because I'm sorry when I get in front of the mic, not necessarily this, but when I get in front of the singing mic, mm-hmm. my Beyonce comes out. Okay? Oh, okay. The hair comes down. I got okay, you. I'm flipping from one side to the other. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm over here. Mm, mm. You're doing the damn thing. Mm. Okay, you're hitting mm. all the marks, mm. you're hitting the moves. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. 
The only thing I realized that I have not mastered is breath control. Because, girl, by the time... I have to eat some. Mm-hmm. Eat some. I'm tired as hell. Yes. I just be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. I see why I do tours. It's just short. Mm-hmm. It's only 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So the length of the car ride. <laughs> um, well, I, I have in short learned different, why there are different techniques. It's important that you learn different techniques in singing, mm-hmm. mainly because... It, it is a muscle, and if you don't exercise your muscle correctly, it's, you'll hurt it. Yeah, you'll either hurt it or you'll just make yourself sound worse. Mm. <clears throat> it's, it's so far what I've learned is very not. It's easy to mess up your vocal cords, but at the same time, if you do your exercises properly, you won't. We'll see. I haven't found a vocal exercise warm up that I like. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be sitting over here going. No, but but there's a there's a thing to that though. Yeah, you know, and it works for, it, the, people it works for the people that can warm up that way or that is their technique in using. But you know, um, posture is also mm-hmm. a thing. I didn't. I realized it when we were growing up. But I also didn't pay enough attention to it to remember, hey, posture's important. Posture is important if you sit up right and if you and that's what helps you hit high your mm-hmm. your high notes or mm-hmm. hold long notes. Uh-huh. Your posture does. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos Same. pertaining to that. Mm-hmm. So and how different singers have their special tone of voice or sing the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it were, like when they were talking about. I cannot remember. I don't even know why I'm trying to go that in that direction. But I remember they were talking about a certain aspect in singing, and he referenced Tina Turner mm-hmm. and the dynamics of her voice. Um, as a young girl, they had cotton picking fields, so she was picking cotton a lot as a young girl. And instead of talking, you know, running over to that person that you need to say something to, she would instead just yell it across the cotton picking field. Now it's hot. And not to mention you got burlap on you that's probably making you even hot. And for you to project your voice across the way for somebody to hear you, that comes with a certain type of power, you know, within yourself as well as it did cause an injury in her vocal cord, but it only gave her that raspiness to her voice. But I love singers who have raspiness in their voice. Like, um, I love it when Beyonce does it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually you hear it more on like the slower songs that she sings. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina Aguilera is really good at, um, at it. Um, I'm trying to think of some more singers that is really good at having <clears throat> raspberry voice. Usually the singers that don't do a whole lot of belting, mm-hmm. um, they have loud, like long, uh, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? They have a broad, uh, a loud voice, but they're not necessarily belting. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hear them on the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could kind of say that's a Jasmine Sullivan type person. I feel like she has a, a really good raspy voice. Mm-hmm. And not to toot my own horn, but sometimes I too have a raspy voice. Mm-hmm. And it's, most of mine comes from how much I smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and oddly, I feel like I sound better the more I drink and the more I smoke when oh, okay. I'm when we do karaoke. Okay. Um, now that doesn't work all the time because mm-hmm. there are times when I'll be singing and I hear it, I'll be like, Ooh, we can't get there <laughs> and then I'll just use a lower note. Right. You know. But I think the um 
uh, Ariana Grande and Janet Jackson are both good at having raspiness in their voice. Now, I think I like how Ariana, it's uh, usually in the slow songs that her raspiness comes out. Okay. It's not necessarily in fast songs. Because uh, I'm like, I'm not really sure if I've heard it. It's not like, hers is more of a crisp raspiness. It's not like how Janet Jackson's is. Okay. So, um, but I think that it's there and it's, it's, I think hers is still in development. It's not like on the forefront. Mm -hmm. I hear it more, mostly if she sings like a slow song live or, um, like when she performed My Hair, I love that song. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that, where she's at right now, I'm waiting on the next album. Mm -hmm. I think is probably going to be the best vocally we will ever hear her. Okay. And maybe as she get older, if she, you know, takes care of her voice, she probably will get even better and mm -hmm. her voice will continue to mature. But I think at the height... It may sound more full. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you know how you have singers that they, they voice just never sounds like it matures? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I used to feel with uh, listening to the uh, Adrian Ballon. I felt like her voice just always sound like a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, it never matured. And I feel like it never matured because she stopped singing. Okay. You know, and I feel like the more you use your voice, that's how it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. So, but I love singing. Same. So, I will talk about that all day. Oh, same. I can too. However, there is something else that I must talk about. Okay. That has become a new obsession of mine. Okay. And that is the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I, I created a, this monster, people. She did. She did. And I honestly was a straight against the Jersey Shore mm -hmm. when it was on TV because I was just like, white trash. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Okay. I'm glad we don't, we don't socialize with that. Okay. And I was just like, nope, mm -hmm. nope, and nope. But then, like, I would see, like, bits and pieces of it. And I was just like, mm -mm, this is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. This is the exact same thing your mama warned you about being mm -hmm. around the kids at school. Yeah. And now I love this show. <laughs> I love this show. Well, yeah. my love and respect for it came from earlier when I was in college because you do find yourself in positions where you're doing absolutely nothing and all you do is just watch TV all day. And my, she wasn't even my roommate, um, but a friend of mine, she introduced me to the show and she was obsessed with it. Therefore, I ended up becoming obsessed with it and it didn't matter at the time which episode or season they were on. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I always been having this fog in my throat right now, people. But as they, it doesn't matter what season or what episode, I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. And the chaos, the drama, the, the just tomfoolery of it all was very entertaining. It is. It's so it's captivating mm -hmm. because you get like these kids. You know, they're like what fresh out of high school. You know, they're on summer break, probably in college or something. I won't like say they're fresh out of high school, but they're fresh over twenty one. Okay, I put okay, and they're they're Guidos and Guidettes, mm -hmm. and uh, you have Mike the situation, who's kind of is like the instigator mm -hmm. in my opinion of of it all. He sees where drama is like low-key brewing mm -hmm. and he's over here like I'm finna stir the pot okay so on, I will come come back to visit the rest of these characters mm -hmm. but it's time for our first shot okay so which one do you want to do first we have an Amaretta, Sour and an Incredible Hulk 
Let's do the Incredible Hulk first. Oh, God. All right. Ready? On the count of three. Mm-hmm. One. Two. See, I'm not. I'm always having problems. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, no, I'm not. Okay, I got it now. One, two, three. All right. I don't know if I like that combination together. Anywho. Okay, so Mike, the situation, I think he's the oldest in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so funny because I was just like, why is he called the situation? Mm-hmm. And he's really just referring to his body mm-hmm. as the situation, which he referenced quite a bit. He does. And it, to the point where it gets annoying because mm-hmm. he's just like, all right, looks like we got a situation here, <laughs> you know. And then you have Vinny, who is the youngest of the boys of the boys in the house. Um, he's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very wet behind the ears, but as he gets older, you see him mature. Mm-hmm. You see he goes um, through... A lot of anxiety, which he ends up leaving the house, mm-hmm. and they end up convincing him to come back. I think he only left the house for like what a week, yeah, if that. And then they brought him back the next week, mm-hmm. even though he was still having mass anxiety. And going back to Mike for a brief moment, he um, is in trouble with the law, or was in trouble with the law, was uh, for tax evasion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know; I haven't read up on it if if it was him that was doing it or if it was his brother that was doing it and he got I felt like both of them had their part in it but it was either mainly his brother Mm -hmm. that was doing it and he just was roped into it unknowingly yeah that's That's probably why he got a a lighter sentence Mm -hmm. than him Mm -hmm. Um, I think the hypest of the guys is um Pauly D? Oh yeah, um because For sure. I just like when he when everybody's asleep and he's usually the first one up <laughs> and he just busts up in the room like oh yeah wake up yeah see you I know. don't really think that you would enjoy that at all oh probably not right. I probably would have got up and cussed out <laughs> every day because I'm one of those people that I do not mm-hmm. like being woken up out mm-hmm. of my um, sleep unless it's for one or two things. You trying to feed me? <laughs> or it's for sex. Okay. Any other other? I don't 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 wake mm-hmm. me up. Okay, because mm-hmm. I I'm I'm a I'm a person that will wake up grumpy and I do not like it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's just as a that's me now. I don't know if I would have had an issue with it during then. that time. Oh, okay. Because I would have been young just mm-hmm. like he is. So every morning they're waking up. Oh yeah, wake up yeah, Kathy. <laughs> so um. Then there's Ronnie. He's probably my least favorite character. He's just very aggressive, and it's for no reason. Yeah. He's definitely the most toxic on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, right now, I don't think he was in the original Jersey Shore. No, I don't. I think honestly, he should. Him and Sam should have just never got together. Oh yeah. Should have never gotten together because all they did was. They thought they brought out the best in each other, but all they did was fight. Mm-hmm. Literally every day, and it would, it, and it would be the simplest of simplest things. Because I turn my head the left side to the left side, and and not the right side where you were sitting. Yeah. Now I'm now thinking we about now we fighting. 
and 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 you just be like, here we go again. Yeah. You know, and it was like a constant thing. It's mm-hmm. just like, and I understood where they were coming from because there's a comfort in being with a person that you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? The devil that I know or something like that. Mm-hmm. Being familiar with the devil that I know as opposed to the one that I don't. Yeah. So I understand why Sam and Ronnie kept getting back together. What I didn't understand was when you would say that you were done, done why wouldn't you just be done? Okay? That was the most to annoying me, to me. In that regard, it got to a point where that became their love language of saying negative things to each other. That's how y'all show love to each other by spewing out these things of toxicity and you know hurtful mean things to each other as y'all way of showing y'all love for that person because I fight with you is because I love you. Yeah. And it's like that's one way of looking at it. But then, at the same time, it begins to be too much. Because fighting with somebody verbally like that... It's tiresome. It's tiresome. And it weighs on you emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because every day you wake up... And, like, Sam, she got on my nerves only because... It's like when everybody... Like, with the whole... Okay, so you um, on the female side, you have Sam. um, You have um, Jenny, J-Wow. You have Angelina... You have Dina. No, Snooky. Snooky, and you have Dina. Um, Dina didn't come around till about season, season three. three. Yeah, but I was just naming all of the cast mm-hmm. members. Um, but Dina isn't a part of the original um, Jersey Shore cast, season one and two. Like I said, like Ash, like Ash Ketchum said, they don't come until... She doesn't come about until season three. But for the first two seasons... They tried to make it work with Angelina, and it just did not work. Um, honestly, I don't really know what her problem was. It's like one moment she was, you know, on season one. Like, she left very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, within the first, what, one or two, two weeks, weeks of the I show? Think, I want to say it was maybe the second week. Like, and it's because she literally was getting into it with everybody, and everybody was just like... I didn't come here to fight. I didn't mm-hmm. come here to argue. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the fighting. <laughs> Girl, this was like pure, this is like what the peak of reality TV, mm-hmm. like where it first like got its initial rearing its ugly head. Mm-hmm. And they just said, get your ass in this house and just do what you gonna do. Uh-huh. You know, like that. They didn't have no rules, no regulations nope. to it. It was just more like, okay, you're gonna, you all are gonna live in this house for two months, and you're gonna work at this store for two mm-hmm. months. The short shed. And you gotta at least work your job if you don't do nothing else. Because if you can't, if you don't work the job, you can't stay in mm-hmm. the house. That yep. was the rule. That was the only rule. Mm-hmm. You had to work at the short shed. What's the short shed look like a completely cool place to work at once you understood what you were doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and their boss was like mad cool because mm-hmm. these are teenagers, well not teenagers, but these are like really young adults mm-hmm. and they're all like, we got wasted last night, so um, not going to come into work today. <laughs> not going to call in. Right. I just wait till the next time I see you and just be like, I was hungover. Mm-hmm. You know, and literally... He gave them so many chances. So many chances. I, all of them should have been fired. Mm-hmm. Literally. Except Polly and Vinny. Because they were very consistent with going to work. And right. maybe Ronnie. But um, 
I just feel like all of them would have been fired if this mm-hmm. if this show took place in today's time. Mm-hmm. They would have been fired. Yeah. And then not to mention, okay, so okay, so the first fight that happened was between was it Snooky and the guy that um that punched her in the face. Yeah, that punched her in the face. I would say probably so. I want to say there was a fight that happened before that, but I'm not sure. But a lot of the fights, well, that's the fight that brought them all together. Mm-hmm. When they saw her get hit in the face. Mm-hmm. And she only got punched in the face because the dude was still in their shots that they were ordering. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know that Mike was letting them take the shots. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's the part that didn't really get highlighted. It was mentioned by Mike, but he was letting them take the shots. He was like, yeah, go ahead. And, but Snooki didn't see that. And so she was just like, they're taking our shots. Yeah, she was just like, hey. And because Mike was too busy flirting with another girl, that he let that happen. Yeah. Him him being the instigator, Mm -hmm. stirring the pot. Yep. And then... Um, but they all stick up for one another. Like mm-hmm. if one of them get jumped, they all are in there mm-hmm. fighting together. Yep. And so that's how I appreciated them. Cause I was just like, and they don't consider themselves white. They consider themselves tan. tan. Yep. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> um, they came up with some of the fam- most famous uh, slogans, mm-hmm. GTL, mm-hmm. which is gyms, tan and laundry. Yep. Um, then you had, like, we, we can't do that because we're tanned enough. Oh, and I'm like, I just be trying to gym and mm-hmm. do the laundry. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you had uh, what, what um, Paulie saying, cabs here, mm-hmm. which is basically just letting everybody know that the cab mm-hmm. has arrived for them to go to the club. Mm-hmm. But he was saying it in such a way that it almost would be annoying to me <laughs> if I was living in the house because he was just like, cabs here. <laughs> oh, t-shirt time. Yep. They were like, T-shirt time. And then there's also the situation. That's, that was a catchphrase. And I think Party's here. Who? It was Party's here. Oh, when she first arrived. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was just like, Party's here. She, she's my favorite character. She is my favorite character. I would have said Dina's my favorite character, but I don't like Dina when she's drunk. Okay. Cause she gets into it with everybody. Well, not when she first came on the scene, she was fine. But it was like that second and third year for her. Mm-hmm. She, so she started developing this crying technique that she does whenever she gets super drunk. And that's what makes her white. <laughs> because white people just have this, especially women, have this uncanny ability to just cry on cue. You know. And I do not, but it's okay. It's okay because Dina had perfected it. it I, honestly, I think season season three for her, which was her first season on the show, I think when she was because you know they didn't have social media like we mm-hmm. have it today, so she wasn't. It wasn't until she would read about probably how people was viewing her. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she was probably she was in shape. Yeah. When she first came on the show, she was just a little chunky in mm-hmm. the face, you know, and that probably was what set off um, a lot of her insecurities. Mm-hmm. And then when she got, you know, her boyfriend was a night Chris mm-hmm. um, in the uh, season four, I think, of the show, because mm-hmm. they were well, season five. Yeah, because um, she was single for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because I think she came in. Was it at the Jersey Shore or was it in Miami? It was at Jersey Shore. Okay. 
And then she came on and they, then what she the? did Italy and then she did the one after that. Okay. Which was back in Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Like and they she, went immediately to Jersey Shore right after Italy. Okay. And so I just feel like Snooki going back to Dina for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Dina and her insecurities was flaring up all over the place because it would be like one moment she would be happy hanging out with the guys, you know, basically bringing it, being, you know, an excellent wingman for them, mm-hmm. bringing them girls and, you know, ensuring that they have somebody to bring back to the house, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, DTF was like always in question whenever they go out. And then you had, um, making sure that they didn't come home with no grenades, mm-hmm. which I feel would have offended me on a number of oh, levels. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was just like, you're not going to call me a grenade. No. Okay, because I'm so far from it. Mm-hmm. Um, then, okay, so the Snooky fight was number one. Then who got into it next? Um, I think Ronnie got into it with somebody on the pier that he knocked out. He went to jail. He was the first person to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, Snooky went to jail twice on the shore and in Italy. Yeah. And did. then Dina went to jail mm-hmm. on the shore. Yeah. Um, uh, Pauly D's the only one. Him and Vin are the only ones that didn't get in no fight. No. Because Snooky, Snooky and Angelina has fought. Mm hmm. Um, Sam and JY have fought twice, twice with each other. Um, Ronnie and Mike have fought each other. Yeah, I've never seen Polly or Vinny get into a fight with anybody. I think at the most they just get into like arguments, whatever. I've only seen Polly D get mad once, yeah, and that's when he got mad at Angelina because she slapped him twice. Mm-hmm. And then when he told her about it, she was just like, I didn't do that, and he was just like. Yes, the fuck you did. <laughs> and I was just like, you see the face? Uh-huh. He's upset. Um, I just like when he was just in. While he was upset, I just like the part of he said, "Are you touching me? Are you touching me?" <laughs> um, I also like um, I like Snooky and Jay Wild's relationship. Because no matter how mad that they get at each other, mm-hmm. they're always quick to forgive. Mm-hmm. Because there was sometimes where Snooky was doing the absolute mm-hmm. most. Like <laughs> when they were in Italy, she was wasted and she was ready to try to find the beach. No, or was that in the shore? That's at the shore. You sure? Mm-hmm. I could have sworn that was at. Um... Okay, uh, I could have sworn that was in Italy when she was no. No. That's when she hit that car, she got arrested. The right, but she, she also had a drunk moment in there, too, because she had um, shown, like, lifted up her dress and shown her bottom half to the whole club, and her boyfriend Gianni didn't like that, so she was just running around trying to find him, but she was crying at the same time. She was just like, I just want my boyfriend. <laughs> Somebody tell me where's my boyfriend? Where's Gianni? Mm-hmm. Where's Gianni? Mm-hmm. That's all she... <coughs> and, and then there was there was Jay Wild running around trying to find him for her. Or when uh, Dina thought she was pregnant in Italy, mm-hmm. and they trying to in a foreign country trying to get them to give um, them a pregnancy test just mm-hmm. to prove that she wasn't pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So out of each season, who do you think always had a good time? No matter what. Polly. Yeah. No matter what was going on, Polly always had a had a good time. Okay, so out of all of the seasons that you've seen so far, who do you think has um the most level head? Mm. Vinny. Yeah. Um I didn't I didn't Im- immediately understand the um reasoning why Snooki was so on the defense with um Vinny all the time. Like I understood why um after she hooked up with him what twice? Yeah, well to me it was uh be designed by her own design. Because you got in his bed and smoked with him. Not me. Not anybody else. Mm-hmm. You would get in his bed and, and, and snuggle with him. And eventually y'all would have sex. Mm-hmm. He was just being who he was at the time. Being like, I'm young. I can get it in. Let me get it in. If you throw it at me, I'm catching it. Right. And... Now it's to the point where you realize your actions and how wrong that was of you to cheat on your boyfriend just because y'all got into one bad argument and you're just like, I'm finna go sleep with this dude. Yeah. And then there was also the situation accusing Nicole of sleeping with him. And I'm not uh, I'm not saying that he was lying, but I feel like he there was no nothing for him to gain. By telling Gianni whether not or not. Not Vinny Mike, the situation. Yeah, Mike, the situation. Whether or not he and Snooki hooked up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if she's constantly denying it, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mean that it happened. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen either. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, if she's going to this lens to prove that she didn't sleep with you, you know, like that, I just feel like that it didn't benefit my no it didn't benefit anybody because all he did was just cause more drama more dislike towards him than that than there already was yeah during that time because i was just like and i think that was season three Mm -hmm, when they went to italy Mm -hmm. and he was just determined you know to just put her business out there and Mm -hmm. it was it was unnecessary so i was just more like I felt like Mike, especially when they came back from Italy and they were at the shore, he was just keeping it going. And then, I mean, he bringing up all these people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, I'm not saying that they were lying, you know, but I just feel like if if he had to just stop and just ask himself, what do I have to gain Mm -hmm. by spilling this girl's business? Right. You know, well, he was, his whole reasoning was, I'm not trying to look like a liar. But you were the one that brought it up in the first place. Yeah, so I'm like, you should have just kept it to yourself. Mm-hmm. It would been different if it had came from, like, Ronnie or Sam or anybody else in the house. If it came from one of them. Yeah. And then Mike was just like, well, I'm not going to lie because it did happen. Yeah. Then I probably would have mm-hmm. been like, okay, well, that did happen, mm-hmm. you know. But for Nicole to basically just flat out and just be like. You started the lie. Like, and then now you're trying to keep the lie going. Yeah. So, are you feeling what I'm feeling? I'm feeling personal. Let's get personal, 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 personal. So, question. Uh Uh-huh. 
Have you ever been in love with two people at the same time? Um, it's something that I feel like I'm going, I'm having a battle with myself. I'm in love with myself, but I'm in love with somebody else at the same time. Mm-hmm. And do I continue that love for myself? Or do I reach out to that love for the second person? Well, why would you why would you have to stop loving yourself? Because to me, not stop loving myself, but I have to put some of the love that I have for myself on the back burner in order to have room enough to love that other person. If that makes sense. I don't know, explain. So I love myself a whole lot and I wouldn't want to disrespect myself by doing something that seem may seem selfish to you. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's because I love myself that I do these things. Yeah, but I also wouldn't want you to do that and then end up losing who you are mm-hmm. in the process. Right. And see, that's the way the conflict comes in. Because if I don't do it, am I losing that part of myself that I've, even though I've been doing this for so long for me, and instead of doing it for me, doing it for somebody else? Well, there's the balance coming in before it. I don't know, but I feel like a balance has to be created. And I've never been in love with two people, but I have seen it displayed mm-hmm. over a lot of different movies. Same. Um, with um, um, I've seen it a lot in shows like um, Bridgerton. It may not, and it may not be physically a person, a third person that they're in love with, or a second person that they're in love with. It's just more so. I've been doing these things, or I'm holding on to this respect that I have for this person or I'm trying to hold myself back from getting in too deep. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the kind of love. So, I'm not going to give all of myself to you. Why do I... I think I look at loving being in love with two people as a physical uh, aspect as how Bella and... Um, uh, what's, what's that nigga's name? Uh-huh. Um, was in love with Jacob and Edward. Uh-huh. You know, like, I think, who did she meet first? Jacob yes. or Edward? I don't want to say she met Jacob first. Because she had moved back to live with her dad. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, she saw Edward, Jacob first. And then she saw Edward. And then, and I think because she knew Edward, I mean, Damn it! Because she knew <laughs> Jacob, he was a someone someone that's familiar. You know, there's a comfortability that's there with that with him. Mm-hmm. So you just like, okay, I know this person. I can I can be myself with this person. Mm-hmm. You know. So yes, there's a love there of the naturalness. It is the easiness of being with this person, as opposed to the the mystery that is Edward. And to be honest with you, both of these niggas is ugly. <laughs> Both of these niggas is ugly. What do you mean? Like, I just wouldn't have dated neither of them. I would have found. I would have been get, trying to get with Carlisle. That's what I would have been trying to get with. <laughs> oh, so you gonna steal another woman's husband? Fuck like, yeah, I will. Okay, I'll be like, she don't deserve him. Her blood ain't my blood. Okay, it's just this is the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Okay, so this blood is sweet over here. It ain't seasoned over there. <laughs> Her blood is just it's thin. 
unseasoned. Yeah. Probably will taste watered down. She's been thinning it out with protein shakes. This is all hog mall over here. <laughs> so I just feel like Bella was just stuck in a, in a position of fighting, as you say, with herself that is the comfortness of being with Jacob as opposed to mysteriousness that is Edward. And in the end, she ended up, honestly, she hurt both of them. Mm-hmm. Because once Edward learned that she was still, she had feelings for Jacob, you know, this person that was taught to be my natural enemy, now I have to, you know. Figure out a way to get along with him. Yeah, because she's like, I'm going to protect him. I'm not giving you up, but I'm also going to protect him as well. Mm-hmm. And Jacob, being the person that really loved uh, Bella from the moment he met her, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as opposed to Edward, he had to, I think he had to grow to love Bella. No, he immediately liked her too, but because her blood was different, remember? She couldn't, he couldn't read her thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's what intrigued her to him. That's why he always looked sick when he was about, like, he mm-hmm. throw up. Yeah. Blood that was, was the whole season. point of him, like, dashing out whenever she tried to talk to him. Mm-hmm. The games of it all. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have a, um piece of literature or even a movie that's mm-hmm. like your favorite example of love sorry and that was a thought process with that um i would like to say one of them because i have many mm-hmm. um one of them would be pride and prejudice I love that movie. um another one of those would be Ever After. Also another movie I love. And I want to say that's it for right now. Those are the two main ones that come to mind in, in this moment. Um, I'm also, so I'm a big um, J.R. Ward uh-huh. uh, fan. Uh-huh. So I like, which my best friend, she basically kind of ruined the series for me just a little bit because J um J.R. Ward makes these characters these women female characters, you know, to kinda of sort of to be dependent, dazzle in distress on the um, male vampires to come in and save them. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you know, they're also realizing their own inner strength. Mm-hmm. So it's like they become their own heroines, you know, but at the same time, you can't become this heroine without this man next to you so because of just how she writes them it takes away a little bit but because it was one of the first stories that i fell in love with Mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep her there but um i i liked how beth and Raph met one another because greenwich you know um he kind of he didn't drug her his essence is what drugged her and so (coughs) thinking about it in that regard you just like huh that is a terrible situation mm-hmm. to be in. Which wasn't brought to my attention until my best friend read this book. I'm like, why did I tell you to read this? All you've done is picked apart this book and made every reason why I love it now the reason why I had to second guess this book. Right. I was just like, mm, did she mean it that way? Did she did she did she know that that's how she wrote it when she wrote it? Mm-hmm. Did anybody else question her? She was just like, leave it in. <laughs> um I'm so Jay, may I call you Jay? Um <laughs> So this line right here, where his supposed essence is that drugs? Did he like, drug her? Like, is, did did he shoot it? 
in a drink? Mm-hmm. Was it a pill that he broke open? No. Or was the fact that he was smoking a blunt, but it, he's not calling it a blunt. He's calling it red smoke. Uh-huh. And he blew it in her face. In her face and she was over here catching low-key, high-key contact. Mm-hmm. Does that count as drugging her? <laughs> <laughs> because in my book, it sounds drug, like a lot like, like he drugs her. Like drugging someone. <laughs> but, um... So I just, I, and she make, brings up those questions, so I just be like, oh, did she mean it that way when she wrote yeah. it? And so as a reader, I have to take that aspect out of it mm-hmm. because it's all in fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, like that. So I just, um, I like reading romance well, The books. thing that ruined, in a way, books for me were, I guess these were quick kind of cash grabs, the main guy in these books nowadays are like rich and famous in some way or form or mm-hmm. just rich obscenely wealthy in some way or form so no matter what they do it's covered by him mm-hmm. and to me that's perpetuating not and I understand that it's fiction so it's not supposed it's supposed to be a fantasy but it's also perpetuating this stigma for men that they have to be obscenely wealthy in order for you to fall in love with them and I'm just like I'm not with that because not everybody can reach that kind of point of wealth in their lifetime so you have to be realistic with yourself and with the character that you may be fantasizing about okay I have a comment on that but let's take our second shot sure this one is the Amaretto Sour I think cool oh that one was sweet I like the dough like it a lot better than the first shot. Um, but what I really love is this drink. Mm-hmm. This uh, Paradise Punch. It, 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 it's it's Okay. Uh, I feel the Paradise mm-hmm. in every sip of the punch. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so good. It's causing me to be a little lit. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so I agree with you. That they shouldn't put it to the point of where it's the man's duty to woo, you know, the um the girl that. I'm, I'm not saying that she... he shouldn't woo her. I'm just saying the whole stereotypical of in order for you to meet somebody that you're gonna fall in love with, he has to, to be, be the CEO scene. of the company. Right. He he can't just be the bread maker down the street. <laughs> right. Exactly. He can't be the mechanic that fixed your car. I'm like, let him just own either like a little small bakery, a little small shop somewhere. Well, but I think they do have books, but they usually make the women the baker. Baker. Yeah, they do. You know, in the, in that regard or whatever. But type he's of still in some way, shape, way, or form obscenely wealthy. He just doesn't talk about it a lot, or mm-hmm. it is seeing, and she thinks that he's ego, an um, egomaniac, and. It's like, is these the only tropes that we can come up with in our minds? Why can't they just start in the same place? Why can't he be, you know? Well, this is actually the opposite in like the stories. Some of the stories pertaining to black people, it's like, um, like naturally in any story that I read, mm-hmm. even if if the author is a white person, I automatically envision black people. Oh, same. Uh, because I'm black, and I just feel like. I'm culture appropriating mm-hmm. for what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like when um, when black people get in um, situations like it was the Mandara series. I love love that series. Have not mm-hmm. been able to find that book 
since um, I read it. Oh, girl, you just got to look on Amazon. I have been looking on Amazon. It's not there. It's there. Uh, maybe I'm not wording it right. That's what I'm going to go with. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, the way um, Brenda Jackson wrote the Mandara series, now granted, I probably feel like I came in somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are three brothers, and they are like wealthy in like an aspect because I think one of the first one, the oldest brother is a, is a doctor, mm-hmm. and the other one is a um, is an architect, uh-huh. and then the uh, youngest brother is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So these are like they're not wealthy as in like they created a business and they're just you know and they've just been getting bukus of money, you know, like they actually went to school. You know, to become a doctor, to become the archaeologist, to mm-hmm. become the lawyer. So they did, a, but they are still extremely wealthy in their own right. Because you got to think about their family. Their mom and dad somehow has money. Has money. Okay, so they inherited wealth. They uh-huh. didn't just stumble but upon they, it. But they don't act like they're extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's usually how it's portrayed. And so, and I think I like that aspect of of it yeah. as opposed to how. The, um, the flip side of that coin is and then I now it's only been one book that I've read where the woman was just going against everything mm-hmm. um, I can't think of the name of the book but it's uh, basically where the man um, he's basically telling this woman that she's going to be his bride no matter what mm-hmm. all they got to do is make it from one side of the kingdom to the other side and they run into all these different troubles and whatnot, like the carriage rides and breaks down. Mm-hmm. And so she has to get out there and actually help him, you know, put the um, new wheel on there. And then um, all of these things are taking place. Like he's trying to get her to sleep with him. And she's just like, no. no. She's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like she, it took one, she went as far as I'm not taking a bath. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was just like, I'm not going to do it. Cause it requires me to get naked and then you're gonna see my glory and I'm not gonna do it so I'm not taking showers I'm not taking baths I'm not getting that palm with you mm-hmm. and he's just like you serious you know you just gonna say no to all being in the water with this she's just like yep. yep and I just I found that fascinating it was mm-hmm. something empowering and saying no I'm not gonna just hop in the bed with you just because you you say we should mm-hmm. you know and I like when authors do that in the um, book mm-hmm. Um, like my bestie she's working on a story now and I like when she asked me for my feedback on it because you know I generally read a lot of um, mm-hmm. the novels and um, I like a lot I like when there is a lot of sexual tension that is built up in the characters and I don't, I'm not saying that they have to bang in the first like five minutes of reading the book mm-hmm. but at least before probably by like at least by chapter six they should be like at least at least kissed at least twice mm-hmm. you know to continue to build up the sexual tension it's no longer just a verbal tension between us it's you know it the build up of the sexualness of it all it's palpable yeah gotcha so hmm. interesting um sorry I was going to segue into the next topic, but it was my screen had blacked out and everything. Um, So how does modern TV shape our perception, our perception of love? 
It's kind of like how I was explaining with the book situation. You know, I feel like you, in order for you to do anything in life, you have to be obscenely wealthy. Mm-hmm. And which is also a reflection of the state of our economy, our economy um, right now, because gas prices are at an all-time high and food is going up at an all-time high. Just and you're just in like, general, it's just expensive. And it's like, how am I supposed to find love mm-hmm. in this type of an economy? Mm-hmm. I'm broke, bitch. Yep. Yep. Okay. And I don't know. I think um, I don't watch a whole lot of like TV. Like I watch TV, but I don't necessarily be watching it for the love aspect of it. Now, granted, that usually is what draws me into mm-hmm. watching something. Mm-hmm. If I can pinpoint and not, if I see characters that I feel like are like there's something there mm-hmm. um, between them, then I'll be like, I want I'll watch this just to see how they, you know, how they navigate the love, you know, to each other. Um, but as far as how it shapes my, uh, my love life or my perception of love, um, I think in, in the past, it my perception of love was completely wrong because I was under the impression that um, I was gonna meet said Prince Charming, we would you know get married and have babies on talking babies, you know, like that. And the reality is. No, I gotta work. Mm-hmm. I have a job. Mm-hmm. I have bills that I have to pay. And if I find time in my busy schedule mm-hmm. for love, you know, and then, you know, it's it's not easy. I think the only show that was probably the closest to what my what I was going through was the show Mistresses, you know, where they were all basically dating different people mm-hmm. and trying to make that work all while not falling in love with that person. Mm-hmm. And I hate that they took it out there. Um, but I think, I just feel like the perception of love doesn't dictate, um, or doesn't, it's not relatable to nowadays because you, as a kid, you're taught that, you know, well, it's a lot of these reality TV shows, reality dating TV shows that are coming to the forefront of our time, which is like 90 day fiance and, um, Married at first sight. Married at first sight or that blind one, that blind dating show, Love is Blind. Yeah. Um, uh, Netflix. Or the um, other show that's on Netflix that I was obsessed with. Um, oh, God. Where they had to give the, uh, the ultimatum. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you can't, you can't dictate love like that. Right. Or manipulate it like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it's going to happen, you have to go through these... Um, experiences naturally as opposed to creating the environment for it to happen mm-hmm. in because the result you it might not be i was just like you broke up people who probably would have eventually came to those conclusions on their own mm-hmm. you know as opposed to because none of them stayed together in the end mm-hmm. like even with the people um that you didn't think were going to stay together stay together in the end but when they do the reunion None of them. Except maybe one couple that actually, two that actually stayed together out mm-hmm. of the experiment. And I feel like it only happened because they was just like, I see what's out there. 
let me go ahead on and marry the person that I'm with because it's the lesser of two evils, mm-hmm. you know. And then when you see the people that they marry, you just like, mm, you're obnoxious. I don't like you. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I wouldn't be your friend. Yeah. So I understand that. Well, I think that about wraps up this week's episode. Yes. Um. So any parting words? That was a good French in the Yes, it was. Um, make sure you check us out on Instagram as French and Hell with K and A on Instagram. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns that you would like for us to talk about on the show, send it to was it French and Helen with, with K and A at gmail.com. Um, any last request? Smoke weed every day. Sit down and shut up. Oh, okay. All right, we out, y'all. Bye.